0: Good morning, evening, afternoon, wherever you are, Android Central listeners. We are back with another podcast, and yeah, I'm sorry, bader has gone, so y'all are going to have to deal with me and Nick Cetrick now. Hi, I'm Ara Wagner, and joining me on this podcast, we have Jerry Hildenbrand.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: Uh, We have Nick Cetrick.
1: Yay.
0: (laughs) And we have uh, Jeremy Johnson, who is one of, I don't Jeremy, we've never had you on the pod before, have we?
2: Um, I was here last year for the Amazon event, and then I went back into Ah. my box. Yeah.
0: Well, we took you back out for this year, and I hope we can get you on more often (laughs) this year.
1: Schrodinger's Jerry, (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy.
0: (laughs) Yes. Speaking of already messing it up. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Amazon, we had the Amazon event yesterday, or was it the day before? Time is weird. Uh, We had a whole lot of things announced at the Amazon event this year, including a drone camera, a robot that looks mildly dog-like and apparently likes to throw itself downstairs. Uh, And then we also had updates to the... uh, we Blink got got its first video doorbell and we got a super-sized wall-mounted Echo Show. So we're going to get to all of that in a minute. We also have more Pixel 6 leaks because... It ain't here yet, and apparently we haven't leaked everything to a billion. Uh, And then we have an announcement that I was super happy when I read it yesterday, but I know there's a lot of people out there that aren't going to be super happy with it. But YouTube is finally banning all anti-vax videos, which I'm so happy for, and I wish they could have done this five years ago. Anywho, so for Amazon, let's kick things off with... I want to kick things off with the... uh, the drone camera, this ring always home cam.
3: Yay. <laughs> Yay.
0: So this is going to be, it's it's a drone in a docking station because the drone can only fly for five minutes at a time, apparently. Not a very big battery in the drone itself, but the drone, you can program flight paths around your house and it will regularly patrol your house in order to see, okay, do I, do I see anything weird or any of my sensors going off?
1: But it does not have any type of laser or anti-personnel
2: device, which... Yeah, I'm waiting for the next generation that has, like, Nerf Nerf bullets. Yep. (laughs) That's right. That would be excellent.
0: I mean, I'd rather the lasers, because those would be lighter than Nerf, which you also Like, Nerf guns would also impact how much it weighs throughout its flight.
1: I don't know. Here we are talking like, this is really going to happen. Come on. (laughs)
0: Amazon's
1: (laughs) not going to help you (laughs) maim intruders. Oh, I
0: can see that... Oh, I could see them putting on some super bright light, uh, a super like a ring of super bright LEDs around the sides of it, and if it notices something and uh, and triggers, then it lights up.
2: And has some kind so, of alarm that goes off or something like that.
0: Yeah,
1: I, yeah. I just want to be able to program it to go to the neighbor's house and knock on the door and say, "Does Sarah Connor live here?"
0: Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sorry, Jerry, but you it it only works inside and you have to specifically program each and every oh, yeah. route that I it flies know. because you cannot just control it like you would a regular drone which i feel like it's a major oversight because this is something that you're not always going to be able to predict exactly the path it takes unless you keep all of the uh, all of the doors to all of the rooms open
2: yeah well i mean it's also important to remember that This is one of their Amazon's day one edition projects, which means that you have to sign up for the right to buy it. Um, And, you know, it was announced last year and they never got it out the door, probably because they were trying to figure out all these issues that you're bringing up. But uh, it's it's still going to be quite some time, I think, before this becomes like a mass product, if ever.
3: I kind of feel like last year's announcement was just to get the shock value out of the way. Because yeah, if you notice, point. there's sure. nobody talking this year about this thing, you know. Whereas well, last year, everyone was like, "Oh my gosh!" Well, that's because they're, they're talking about home. something else
2: that Amazon announced, which we'll <laughs> get
3: yeah. yeah, well, that's yeah. that's kind of my point. Like, I think I think they purposefully gave that year span of time just to let people kind of sit on it and be like, "Oh, well, maybe maybe this isn't that bad." And I'll I'll totally go into that in a bit if we want, but you know. I mean,
0: did anybody remember five minutes after that Amazon event, anybody just waiting with bated breath for it to go on sale? Because, I mean, I I think it's going to be years before a drone home security camera is going to be something that any regular people, for Uh lack of a better term, I don't see the mainstream wanting to, seeing that and being like, oh, cool, I want to put that in my home, especially for any home in America that's two stories because it can't go up and down floors either.
3: Right. Oh, it, I didn't realize that.
0: Oh, did y'all not see that?
2: Nope. I <laughs> yeah, did no, not see it, that. It'll
0: only patrol one floor.
2: <laughs> this is the ring At this drum? time. Oh. Huh.
0: Yeah, this is the ring always home cam. Amazon. Only does one floor. If you have a two-story house, you have to buy two. One for the second floor and oh, one for the no.
1: first. Oh, <laughs> no. Amazon, I've got a $2,000 pile of broken drones on my table behind me. Let me teach you all how to do drones.
3: <laughs> Go upstairs. <laughs> Yes, uh, I mean this,
2: this kind of stuff has been in you know sci-fi for thirty years that we we've been expecting home drones and home robots and all of this kind of thing. But now that it's finally starting to come to fruition, it's interesting to see people putting on the brakes a little bit, and then companies like Amazon and Tesla and 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 who knows uh, pushing it is a commercial alternative. But
3: yeah, I I feel like these sorts of things are. Ideas that work better in science fiction, at least on most people's minds, like you know, you see it and you go, "Oh man, that's cool." It's like it's like the whole touch screen interface in Minority Report or whatever, right? Like it looks cool, but then when you actually go to try to use something like that, you're like, "Well, maybe <laughs> maybe this just looks better in a movie." Yeah, you know, it's I don't know it. I now I like the idea of this personally. I think I said it last year when we di- when we talked about this. This is probably the only type of in-home camera i would use for the reason that it, it has so many limitations right it, there's no way for it to record while docked it's literally inside of a dock when it's being charged right it has a five minute battery life so it's not like you're gonna find it somewhere hovering over your head and not only that but they they made a big deal about how loud it was last year like you know when this thing's flying around okay it's not it's not yeah, whispered drone. Quiet. it
1: it's not a stealth
3: drone. Yeah, it's 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 loud. So like there are so many built in things that tell you, hey, this thing's around. It's recording. You know what it's doing. Whereas a camera sitting in the corner of your room. I mean, yeah, OK, the LED is hardwired to the camera or whatever kind of thing. But I feel like anytime time you have something like that, if somebody really wants to get in, they're just going to get in.
2: Yeah, that that and something they also mentioned in their Kind of promotional video of it is um, that you only need one, as opposed to having to mount cameras and buy cameras for different rooms and that kind of thing. So it could be considered a cost-effective alternative as well. It's sort of the people like me who are not handy and don't like to (laughs) screw things into walls or renters or that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, I'm there. I I like the idea more than the actual product. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. part of that is there are a few companies that I would never want to have a drone camera from and Amazon is one of them, you know, they can do all they want to make sure that you can't use it as a spy camera, but when you are using it, I just don't like the way Amazon and ring, you know, the way they do their, their video, their archives, they just kind of share them a little bit too
2: much.
3: Well, on, on that note, do, do we want to jump to Amazon or is it Ring Edge or Amazon Edge? Now I forget.
2: Ring. It's from Ring.
3: Okay. Ring. We we can touch on that real quick and then go back to the other products. So um, I think we need to get a little more info on how this works, but um, Ring Alarm Pro is one of the other things they announced, and that apparently can act as a hub for your other Ring cameras so that they record locally. Um, Now I don't know what the limitations are on that off the top of my head. I'd have to go look, but the idea that you can record locally from any ring camera is a huge paradigm shift because that's just (laughs) never been a thing. You've always had to subscribe to their stuff and it always goes to their cloud. So
2: that was, that's what I was going to add to it is I think part of the reason they said that they called it ring edge was because it's utilizing edge computing and trying to do some of that processing locally.
3: Right, exactly. So that's, that's a big deal. And especially if it actually does keep it locally and it's not like, uh, you know, how Google does in their latest Nest Cams where it's sort of just a local cache. So if the camera goes offline, well, you still have access to the video, but as soon as it goes back online, it gets dumped into the cloud and the local storage gets emptied again. So I'm, I'm hoping because um, you have to actually add storage, you have to do certain other things to make it work. It's not just you know, out of the box, it's gonna record locally. I, I feel like that, you know, lends the idea that this is all local, which gives you more control and sort of takes away that doubt that uh I would say probably people like you have, Jerry.
1: Yeah, I I the only camera system I have is the first Arlo Pro, and that's because it works without an internet connection. You know, it's just it's a hub and I've got a two terabyte SSD plugged into it.
0: But you've got a first gen Arlo pro that still functions yeah, properly. Yeah.
1: That was some good stuff. And you know, I'm, I'm hard on my equipment and yep. it, it works fine.
0: <laughs> That's great. I mean, my dad's Arlo pro system. I don't even think it held out like two years. Uh,
1: the, the floodlight died, you know, so. <laughs> <laughs>
2: there. Eh. The, the well, light itself. You're talking about for the, the camera. Like $30. <laughs>
1: But I, I, you know, what I, I, with Nick, I, I, Amazon is still going to want access to the video that you take. They, they get data from that, even if they don't, you know, even if it's not invasive. They, they like to know things like the size of your house, the conditions, the weather you live in, you know, that kind of stuff, how much light you let in your windows. All those things translate into ways to, figure out what to show you when you visit Amazon. Totally. So I would not be surprised that even if it's local, it's not thrown in as a feature that, Oh, and you can still get 15 second clips from the cloud because Amazon's going to want that. And while we're talking about it as somebody who uses a a set of home cameras that have local storage, uh, you really need to know what you're doing. You're going to hear a lot of tech people like us say, this is great. It might not be great if you can't remember to manage your storage or don't want to spend a ton of money on local storage. Really, you know, look into what's better for you. Don't just blindly listen to nerds who say, this is better because Amazon can't watch you take a shower. Right.
0: (laughs) I mean, it is better for that, but yeah. Yeah, All righty. Well, moving moving from one ring product to another. The Ring Alarm Pro. I'm especially now that Google Google's like Guard system or the uh, security hub that they had kind of sort of went away. Um, it's interesting to see Ring stepping up to try and catch that percentage of users who don't know how much longer their Nest Protect system is going to work.
3: Right. Yeah. And I, I still use the is it Protect or Secure? I can't remember because the uh
0: Nest Secure. Okay.
3: Sorry. Yeah the 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 smoke alarm is called Protect, which I mean those which two in existence always confuse the heck out of me. Yeah, it's, it's, it's too many of the same or similar yeah. names, but yeah, it. I don't know. I mean, is is there much of an overlap between those? You know, you have people that that will go with the ADT type of thing, and a lot of those are even DIY now, thanks to um, you know companies like Ring and and these other groups. Um. So. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, I I use the Nest one. I like it, but you got a good point. How long is it going to be around for? And th- the yeah. fact that Google is starting to pull more stuff into the Google Home app means that it's being less reliant on that Nest app. And I don't know. I would assume they're going to start integrating some of that stuff into to Google Home as well.
0: You would think. I mean, the, the Nest integration in the Google Home app is just kind of, sucky i'm sorry (laughs) there's no other way to really say this managing nest cameras through the google home app is kind of a dumpster fire
3: yeah and and they just announced yesterday a a new nest doorbell uh they're gonna bring the old nest cameras into the google home app properly early next year so like it's Probably going to happen. Uh, yeah, hopefully, if, in it, the best way. But yeah, it's it's a it's a very slow rollout, that's for sure.
1: But if they're spending the time to to do that and fix what's broken, then yeah, they're probably going to pull the old, uh, uh, you know, the whole alarm system, quote unquote, into into Google Home.
3: Right. Yeah. It's it's got all the away and home stuff now. Yep. It, it didn't originally have that, so they they have a lot of that base functionality back in there. Anyway, that well,
2: was <laughs> what I thought was most interesting about the Ring Alarm Pro was they're doing what Google's did what 2 years ago or last year with their Google Wi-Fi and they're including um well no, I'm getting ahead of myself, sorry. They're including in the Ring Alarm Pro an Euro base station with Wi-Fi 6 support, which is kind of cool. Yep. 6 or 6 I believe it's 6. Probably I think it's just, just yeah. 6. 6E yeah. six, six is much better. <clears throat> but the better, other thing but... that was really interesting about it, and, and Nick, you you probably know more about this than I do, but um, they are including um, a virtual security guard service. Not They're not including it. They're offering it as part of the, the alarm package. So this is kind of like, I guess, the third-party partnerships they've had with ADT and, and companies like that before. But essentially, you can sign up to have you know a ring contractor watch over your security system, your ring cams, that kind of thing. Um, if you wanted if somebody wanted to do this at night, like somebody who lived alone or going on vacation or something like that, um, you can designate only specific cameras and devices to be monitored.
3: And it's only outdoor cameras. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. They Don't allow you to, to add indoor cameras to that, which is great. It's, it's very so, good.
2: Yeah. So, so, so a contractor <laughs> can't take control of your, uh, always on cam and fly it into your bathroom. Like Jerry said, <laughs> no, but a hacker although, will be Although able Jerry, to. that might've been helpful last week. John,
1: no doubt. Yeah. I, I would have loved a little drone. I found a way to take a towel and cover up the special bits and let that drone get me some help. <laughs>
0: But that drone would have had to fly through a closed door, Jerry.
1: If it was a strong enough drone,
2: it could have lifted me. I was going to say v- V2 <laughs> or V3 will get there.
1: It, it would call its big brother drone with a crane. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs>
3: Terrible.
0: All righty. Let's move on. We had uh, Blink came out with its first video doorbell at the Amazon event and... It's cool to always see more variety in the doorbell camera space. I'm just not so sure why I need to be excited about Blink's version over the uh ring or the nest.
3: Well, fifty bucks.
1: That's yeah. one price. I, I yeah. think there was a huge missed opportunity here. When I when I saw that, I'm like, huh, oh, makes sense. You know, that's you know why oh, you wonder why it took so long but amazon should have done a people replacement for people who live in apartments and and sold that uh, for 50 bucks and that would have been a, a a big seller for them
0: well the the problem with that Jerry is i'm in an apartment i'm pretty sure i wouldn't be allowed to replace the people
1: but no nope, yeah, nobody would, would know to... if you just unscrewed it and put in the amazon one <laughs>
0: You're also ignoring how dirty my people is on both sides. Cause it just is kind well, of, it's, era. it's a, it's a permanent Gaussian blur.
2: Stop doing dirty things with your people. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I'm kind of surprised we haven't heard more about, uh, and I know we'll talk about the, the Disney thing in a minute, but at, uh, about companies like Amazon and nest partnering more with, uh, major apartment developers and condo developers and things like that. Uh, To kind of build these into units. Yep. I wouldn't be surprised to see something like that moving forward. You know they've got to be thinking about it. For sure.
0: Yeah. Alrighty, so you mentioned Disney, and that is the buzzword for me, always (laughs) and forever. Aura has been triggered. Take a drink. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so... Disney and Amazon hooked up to do two things. They created the first custom assistant that can go on top of Alexa. And then they partnered with Disney to put an Echo Show 5 in basically every hotel room at Walt Disney World, which I'm not super thrilled with either product that came out of this, but I'm especially, I'm especially hesitant about the, oh, we're going to put an Echo Show 5 which has a camera and a microphone in every single hotel room. And whenever you get into the whenever you check into the room, there needs to be a nice big card with large font. If you don't want to use this, here's where the mute toggle is.
2: Yeah, this isn't the first time that Amazon has partnered with major hotel chains to throw echoes in hotel rooms. I I think it was the Wynn and the Encore or something like that in Vegas that got Echo Dots a few years ago.
0: Yeah, I there's been a couple of times that echoes have been added to hotels. It's just it's usually a smart speaker and not something with a camera.
1: I you know, I just assume at Walt Disney World you're under surveillance 24/7 anyway. So
3: In the
0: public areas, <laughs> yeah.
3: Wait wait till the uh Star Wars hotel comes out, right?
0: Oh, yes. We got an announcement for that this morning, March 1st of 2022.
2: You know they're going to have those astro robots in that one and decorate them like the mailstroids.
0: Oh god. Oh yeah.
2: They have to. I mean that's that's basically a requirement. They're going to be like little robot butlers. That's right. A-
1: advice from an old nerd if you, if you're going to Disney World sometime this season whenever this happens and you walk into your beautiful room at a resort and look out the window and check out the view, then walk over to the nightstand, find the echo and unplug it. And then you're
3: fixed. Yeah. Just find watch, out where watch, it plugs watch in them, the wall. Watch them weld it to the wall or something ridiculous.
0: Oh, they're not going to do that. Those Mickey Mouse stands <laughs> that they're getting from OtterBox are too cute for them to mo- uh, to muck it up with screws.
1: And if it's hardwired, just bring a set of side cutters. Those wires are thin. No. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: you,
2: the hey. AC Podcast does not endorse vandalism. Yes. That's, that's right.
0: <laughs> also, as a matter of whatever, you can just... Un- Plug the cord from the device, not from the wall if you have to. And that'll be easier for everybody involved. But um, yeah, I know it'll be interesting to see how it's handled in the actual rooms, especially because Walt Disney World, all of the resorts have slightly different themes. So it's going to be very weird to see the exact same Echo Show with the exact same Mickey Mouse case at all of the resorts, no matter how glitzy or glamorous they're supposed to be.
2: Well, maybe they'll that's, that's maybe they'll look roll out other place themes. At, like I the mean,
0: Polynesian or the Grand Floridian.
2: We already have we already have a Grogu stand for the Echo Dots, I'm sure that they'll have other options.
0: Uh, I'm not entirely sure, actually.
1: If you go to the Grand Floridian, it'll just have like bedazzled jewels all over little Mickey It'll mouse. it'll just be a, <laughs> like an alligator. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say alligator in Disney World, it's against the law. Oh, gosh, I no, forgot. I'm sorry. It isn't. No, no, I feel <laughs> terrible for even mentioning it.
0: No, the, the the word is allowed, just mostly in regards to, oh, hey, I think I just saw an alligator. No,
1: you did not. There are no alligators in Walt Disney World property. None whatsoever.
0: <laughs> they cleaned them out four years ago when they had the accident, but no, I'm and willing to know, bet fifth, some have moved right. back in.
1: You live there. 15 minutes later, there were alligators in them. Yeah, they're.
0: <laughs> You can't keep them out forever. It's just no. a matter of making sure. Sh- uh, and if they're under a certain length, apparently they're not allowed to be moved for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I know that because my previous apartment complex had one in their retention pond thingy, and we would just watch it, and they, we were like, okay, so why is this thing still here? Oh, it hasn't gotten big enough for uh, animal control to move it.
1: Now, when I was a kid, alligators were an endangered species. That, that's a cool story if you're ever interested in seeing how an animal can bounce back. But back then, Disney World had special rules. They were allowed to take alligators, out, and they only had the one lake back then. But they were allowed to even baby alligators, trap them, and relocate them. So, mm. and you know, public safety—I'm okay with that. I give Disney a hard time, but you know, if even if they're not supposed to be for swimming, you've got kids playing on those little beaches. You you don't want alligators. Oh, those around are there.
0: fenced off now. <laughs> They've learned their lesson. Yeah. Those well, are fenced off.
1: That was a hard lesson to learn. That was that was terrible.
0: Well, I mean, they'd had signs posted for decades. It's just a matter of this is the 21st century and apparently nobody reads signs anymore.
1: Hell, I'm on vacation. I don't care about your sign.
0: <laughs> yeah. Swim at your own risk. <laughs> All righty. But moving back on topic and to the rest of these announcements, we had, uh, speaking of the Echo Show, let's talk about the Echo Show 15, which is... Basically, a fifteen-inch picture frame that also serves as a smart display
1: and does not act as a Fire TV. Stupid Amazon!
0: Wait, really?
2: It doesn't, but it does. It is capable of showing all of the content that current Echo shows can do, which is a lot of that stuff. So your Prime Video, Hulu, yeah. Netflix, YouTube. Oh, okay, that's a little and better. It, but it's like it's like skill or app driven, though. It's not like the same Fire TV interface. Mm-hmm. And it's
3: it's also going to have TikTok support soon, which is great since it's vertical, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Well,
2: and also <laughs> Sling TV is coming to the Echo shows. So that's, you know, one of those cord-cutting options. It's 25 35 bucks 35 a month. So if you're a Sling TV subscriber or you want to be, you, you'll be able to watch that on these devices as well. Yeah, I Yeah, but to I, me, I this uh, this looks like... It's taking the ideas that those Samsung and LG smart refrigerators had and doing it a little bit better because it's, you know, portable and you don't have to fork out $5,000 on a giant appliance that it's probably not going to get software support. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it's priced pretty fairly, I think. It's $250, which is only $20 more than the Echo Show 10, which is the one that they announced last year that has the rotating display and camera and everything um what's kind of neat about it like ara said is you can mount it on the wall anywhere you want and you can do so in portrait or landscape mode um it's got a 15 inch display it's 1080p which you know whatever um but what's what's really cool about it is earlier this summer uh, amazon talked about a new interface that was coming to echo show devices and this is I think the first one to really get that uh, part of that is a more customizable uh, home screen if you will so they talked about these things called Alexa widgets which are essentially just little customizable blocks that you could put up there for to-do lists sticky notes weather that sort of thing um, stuff that you know you have on the the nest hub for instance but maybe a little more flexibility in terms of where you put them and how big they are. Um, Then they talked about this one new feature called visual ID. Uh, It's new to Amazon. This is something that the Nest Hub max debuted with or something similar. So basically what it is, is you can train the camera to automatically recognize family members based on their face. And then it would display appropriate contextual information. So if I walked by, it would show me my, calendar appointments or a to-do note that my wife left me or something. Um, They did say that for kids, it was just only going to show age appropriate content. I'm curious to see how that would work out (laughs) exactly. Um, But all of it can be controlled, you know, from the settings and from your Alexa app Um, in terms of privacy, it's going to have all the same features that other echo shows have. So it's got a physical camera shutter Uh, and a mute button that disconnects the microphone. Um, Of course, you'll be able to go into your account and delete all your recordings or specific recordings or ask uh, your Alexa assistant to do that. Sorry if I triggered people's devices. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I I made a point to uh, turn all mine off before the recording. Um, But then specifically with the Visual ID stuff, um, that's opt-in. And optional, so you don't have to do it. But they did spend a lot of time harping on um, their commitment to privacy and and the customer controls, and said that you all of that visual ID stuff is processed locally on device and not sent to the cloud, um, which is I think very important. It's always a fine line to balance there.
3: Yeah, and it's their new processor too. The yeah, so they the talked AZ-2. about their
2: new AZ2 Neural Edge processor, which is second generation of their own custom silicon that handles all of that kind of stuff. And in addition to that, um, it can also filter out custom sounds. So I think this is more in tandem with like the Alexa Guard service. Uh, There's a free version and a paid version, Guard Plus, um, that you can have your devices, your Echo devices recognize, you know, dogs barking or fire alarms or broken glass or that kind of thing and alert you or alert or chickens clucking or chickens. Well, exactly. (laughs) So they talked about, um, these custom sound uh, monitoring features that the AZ two enables. Um, so, you know, one of the presenters at the event even said something to the effect of, you know, uh, you guys can create your own custom alerts without waiting on us to do so and, and push them out to you. So, I think that kind of customization is really cool. So you could, the example they gave was, uh, you know, these are likely to be placed in the kitchen. So the example they gave was uh, you can program it to recognize the beeping sound that your refrigerator makes. If you accidentally left the door open or the oven preheating or something like that, and use that to trigger some kind of routine. Um, and then the last thing that I wanted to mention about it was, yeah, R said this up front that it makes a great photo virtual photo frame um but you know you can also use it as a virtual calendar the virtual art frame a tv that kind of thing um so i i think that this could actually be pretty popular
3: yeah i i love the photo frame functionality because i know on my uh sorry jerry on my nest hub I, th- that's primarily what i use it for that's, <laughs> totally i'll just be honest like i use it for timers and uh to show photos <laughs>
1: I I was going to don't be sorry, Nick. I was going to say the exact same thing. A photo frame that's tied into the cloud is way better than, you know, that old one your grandma has that has pictures 15 years old on the SD card.
2: Yeah. The only thing about that, and I use Amazon photos because it's included in prime and it's a good service. Um, Obviously my primary backup is, is Google photos. And you know you can do all the, a lot of the same things between the two types of photo frames because I I do I have a an Nest Hub Max in my kitchen and a Echo Show in my office and um you know if you you can tell it to select from certain photo albums or kind of highlights or you know on this nope. day surprise you that kind of thing but what it doesn't do as good a job of is Google Photos is um if you have photos in your Amazon account that are not properly aligned like portrait. You know how sometimes you upload a photo and it doesn't yep. orientate it correctly. The Echoes not or Amazon Photos doesn't appear to be smart enough to adjust that for you. Where Google Photos, well, um, it doesn't do any like special collages or anything like that. So it's a little bit not as good as is the Google Photos solution on a on a Nest or Lenovo display, but it is still pretty good.
1: It's not as good this year. Next year,
2: yeah, yeah, and those are totally Hopefully. things I yeah. can fix.
3: Yeah, I would love to see Google come out with one of these. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm just so tied in with Google Photos. That's that's yeah. it for me. I don't I don't know what else to say about
1: it. Exactly. I I stripped all the A L E X A. I won't do what Jeremy did ah. to you guys. <laughs> I, I stripped all that stuff out of my house except for a Fire TV we have because it was just too much trying to juggle both of them, and I realized I got better value out of what Google offers. And, yeah. uh, you know, value is a tough word because you, you give so much away for this stuff. Yeah. You have to remember that. But, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh man, Amazon brought out what I've been wanting from Google and I don't want to go back to all those echoes in the house.
0: I don't blame you for that. And I also really, really hope that it won't take long for Google to follow suit with this. Although then again, I was really expecting them to put out a Assistant enabled smart wall clock the way that Amazon did two years ago. Cause I still want that and I still kinda need that. And we still haven't seen anything of that nature from uh from the Nest line or the Google Assistant line. The Hub Max,
2: it's been what, two years or three years since that came out? Two years, I think. At least twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah. The the first gen
1: would be in three years and then, then yeah, two years. And if I'm wrong, somebody will email and tell us. Oh, I'm sure.
0: <laughs> All righty. So, moving on to the last two things that we're going to cover real quick. Although I know a couple of you are very excited about this next one, but the Amazon Glow is a video conferencing thing for kids. And it. <sighs> I really hate when Amazon reuses words because we already have an Echo Glow and now we have an Amazon Glow.
2: And the Echo Glow actually makes sense for what that product is. That was something they announced a couple years ago that was a companion accessory, kind of pseudo smart light that would sync with Echo devices and you could turn it into an ambient nightlight, essentially. Um, Yeah, so the, the Amazon Glow, name aside, I think actually looks really cool. Um, and out of all of the experimental day one products that Amazon announced this year, uh, I think this is the one that has the best chance to succeed, uh, over the drones and the robots and whatnot. Um, but yeah, like I said, essentially what it is, is that it's a video conferencing, uh, well, that's a little formal, but it's, it's a video <laughs> chatting device. Um, that is the way they positioned it was. It's a great way for your kids or your grandkids to talk to other family members in distant places, essentially. So, you know, w- with the Amazon Kid Plus service, the parent or guardian can uh, designate who the, the kid can call from that device, so they can't just call or accept chats from strangers or anything. Um, and it looks... It's not really an attractive device. It looks kind of like a weird no, backwards <laughs> Z or Z. <laughs> um
0: oh gosh and to me
2: to me it kind of looks um a little bit more like those futuristic tv phones that we were promised when right we, well as kids growing up in the 80s jerry <laughs> yeah and you know
1: what i'll bet it will appeal to kids that oh, it, l- sure. it looks
2: so goofy that kids will love it it's not heavy. It can be picked up and moved around. You know, put on the floor. But the the kicker really isn't necessarily that it's a video conference or video chatting device for kids, because we already saw an Echo Show Five earlier this year for kids. Um, but the kicker is this projector contraption that they have sticking out the top of the Z, yeah, that, essentially the top portion yeah, of the Z, exactly. The top portion, so that projects down an interactive display, which I think is. 15 or 16 inches diagonal um 19 actually the idea is that you know your kid can play some kind of interactive game with the grandparents or or relatives or something like that and that i think looks really cool
3: yes yeah it it looks super awesome i i would say it reminds me a lot of um couple years ago sony and probably some other companies too did this whole uh interactive projector thing where um you know, you could project it onto a wall and it basically yeah. becomes a giant Android tablet.
2: Mm-hmm. And, and you know, and then you
3: touch the wall and all that stuff. That's exactly <laughs> what this is. Yeah. And you, except- I've seen
2: stuff like that at museums too, the kids like to play with, but yeah, um, they had a handful of different games that kids can play like a, like a virtual coloring thing. And like those tangram shape uh, games uh, they did. Include a call out to developers uh they mentioned there's an sdk coming for it uh obviously being a day one product, it's not fully fleshed out, and they don't totally know what they want to do with it, so it'll be interesting to see if if any developers actually jump on and create content for that device and that's the the the
1: low low spot here because without that content, it's pretty much just an echo with right you know parental controls on it
0: considering the amount of developer interest that amazon has through the amazon kids line of tablets and software and whatnot i don't think they're going to have a whole lot of trouble convincing companies to be like oh hey this is going to be super cool if you put it on our little projectors so that kids can play it more easily
2: well and you mentioned disney earlier i could totally see them coming up with some fun games and activities
0: yeah, I could see them doing interactive storytelling stuff with yeah, it. Yeah,
2: exactly. Like Disney Amiibos.
1: You you mm-hmm. buy a Disney figurine at Walt Disney World and bring it home and put it in front of this thing and you get a little game you can play with it. That's, there are all kinds of possibilities. And if I were developing, you know, smart home applications, I would be all over this. This, this is a money, you know, a money maker for developers.
0: One last thing. Uh, Jeremy, real quick, tell us about the Amazon Halo View. Uh,
2: yeah, so this is a, a a tracker, basically. So what I was thinking was a couple of years ago when Fitbit put it up for sale, I kind of expected Amazon would make a play for it. And, you know, maybe they didn't. We just never heard about it. Um, but ever since Google acquired Fitbit, um, you know, we've seen, a well, even before then, we've seen a lot of success that Amazon's had it creating its own devices and, you know, a few spectacular failures along the way as well. But it was never far-fetched that Amazon would want to get in on the fitness wearables game and all the data that comes with that. Last year, they debuted the Halo Band, uh, which was not actually part of, I don't think it was part of the fall event. I think it was its own separate launch. Um, And this was a very basic looking strap with a tracker on it. Um, If anybody's familiar or have seen the Whoop band, it looks a lot like that where it's just a strap with a tracker underneath it. Um, I reviewed that last year. There were a lot of things I liked about it, uh, both in terms of the way it felt and performed. Um, The app was really, really good. And they have a Amazon Halo service uh, associated with it as well, which is kind of analogous to what Fitbit's doing with Premium and Apple Fitness Plus and those kind of services Um, but this year they followed that up with the halo view. Uh, this one looks a lot like, you know, Fitbit charge or, uh, some of those other devices. It's got an AMOLED display. It does all the basic fitness trackery things at basic fitness trackery prices. Um, it's debuting at 80 bucks. So it's not really competing directly against any of those Fitbit products because they're all even the cheapest Fitbit. It's a hundred bucks. So this is really going up against <laughs> surprise surprise a lot of devices that are popular on Amazon from Chinese yep. manufacturers like Xiaomi yep. and Amazfit. Um those those fitness bands go for anywhere from you know 30 to 60 70 bucks. Um, that being said, I do think it's likely to pull some from Fitbit's core, uh, particularly those who don't want a smartwatch. Um although let's be honest, it's only a matter of time before Amazon makes its own smartwatch as well. Um, so yeah, there's not much else to say about it. Again, it comes down to, uh, the subscriptions and the things that come with those subscriptions. We've talked about that with ring. We've talked about that with, um, the Amazon kids plus. Um, I know, I think Jerry is writing an article on that this week also, so that there's a lot to cover with that, but, um, it comes with a year of this Amazon halo, Subscription, so that includes um, deeper insights into your your health tracking and monitoring, uh, powered by suggestions through these new uh, features, which are included with it called Halo Fitness and Halo Nutrition. That kind of push uh, various workouts through third parties that they've partnered with, um, dietary plans and guides, and things like that. They have ties in with Whole Foods. And like whenever you get some kind of nutritional suggestion, you can add that to your Whole Foods shopping list or your Alexa shopping list, that kind of thing. So they're definitely trying to capitalize on all of that health and uh, health tracking and data that they're collecting. Um, The Halo View comes with a year of Halo subscription for free. Um, But even. After that is up, if you like it, it's only four bucks a month. uh, And that's more than half off what Apple and Fitbit are charging for their services. um, And it's significantly less than what Whoop charges. That Whoop charges anywhere from $18 to $30 a month. So the other interesting thing about this is that unlike the original Halo Band from last year, um, this does not have a microphone on it and it does not include that tone feature that they talked about so much last year. Mm-hmm. Um if you don't remember, that was where either sporadically throughout the day or uh always on the little microphone would try to analyze the tone of your voice to see how you were interacting with others. Um so they could you know say, hey Jeremy at three o'clock you were kind of a jerk to Nick or you know, <laughs> whatever. You you might want to try a meditation exercise or buy this from you know Whole Foods or something you, like that. You so, definitely need that one, I'll tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not to be a jerk, but we kind of got to move on, guys, because okay. we're running out of time right. already. And I know that I'm going to try and limit us to five minutes on this. But all right. Who who wants to bitch about the uh, Amazon uh, the Amazon Astro robot and how it's yet another, oh, we're getting closer to robots taking over the world?
1: It's about six thousand dollars less than the one uh, Toyota and Sony showed us. That's that's the best thing I would say about it. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's an interesting product. I'm I have zero interest in anything like this, especially living in a two bedroom apartment, because the only thing this thing can do is get stuck on the carpet or just sit <laughs> in the living room all freaking But day. It has a
2: cup holder. That's
0: right. I have coffee tables and bookshelves <laughs> for that next to my couch. It has yeah.
3: a cup holder and no arms, so it can't even bring you I coffee. I was going
2: to say, it can't <laughs> get the drink for you. But if if someone's in the other room, they can send you on.
0: Yeah, if it, if it can't go get me another Coke, I don't care. And we're a ways off from that.
3: This thing's best feature is the fact that it is a security droid, right? So best I think I was, when we were talking about this during the event, I was saying, you know, there was that LG vacuum a uh, couple years ago that had this same kind of feature, although it was uh, probably a lot more limited than what Amazon's doing. And just, just having something that, you can set to you know away mode when you're out of the house that literally patrols your house and will scream at someone for you if they find them coming in is pretty cool to me. But that's I don't know if it's worth a thousand dollars.
2: But then again, you're the guy no. who likes the Always Home Cam, so
3: yeah. But the difference in the Always Home Cam is is it's five minute battery life, and I know where it is, and there I don't know. It's just. I like the limitations of the always home cam, whereas the limitations of this one feel, uh, gosh, I don't even know. It, it feels like this needs to do more based on what right. it is. Like, well,
2: and they, they did say, again, this is a day one editions product. You have to register your interest to be, even be able to buy one. Right. Um, and they did say that they've been developing it for a while. Um, and they don't even know what to do with it yet, but, I think the best thing to do is just put some stairs in front of it.
3: it apparently so. Yeah, <laughs> we we, um, we saw this leaked last week, I believe. And um that was basically what the people who were testing it allegedly said was that it's useless and it loves to throw itself downstairs. And then that that kind of got highlighted again this week when it was actually announced because it probably still applies, <laughs> which is kind of funny, given that in the. The announcement, they showed like a little video of it, you know, going around the house and they showed it literally going to the stairs and stopping, which, you know, a robot vacuum would do. But apparently this thing has trouble with.
2: I wonder if it has an anti poop mode like some of the robot <laughs> vacuums. I hope Ooh. not. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know we got to move on. But one thing I did want to mention that maybe we can talk about another time that I thought was kind of cool was the the kind of human interface aspect to it the eyes they spent a lot of time or a little bit of time talking about how um they really researched yeah the eyes and and what it looked like and the sounds it made and to me it kind of sounds like uh eva from wally or you know (laughs) yeah yep
3: (laughs) i mean visually it's not too far off it's the same kind of color scheme and you know curvy lines and whatever like it's
0: yeah, I, I can see that. Yeah, but it, it doesn't float or have guns, though. So well, oh,
3: thank God, God it doesn't have
1: guns. <laughs> <laughs> <an> Amazon controlled gun. <laughs> That's the twenty forty two. Don't worry. I just I can't wait till enough of them go down enough sets of stairs that they get broken, and I can pick them up broken on eBay for twenty bucks and have a chassis to build a better robot. I used, I have to use vacuum cleaners now to build my little play robots. This there one would be much cooler. Certainly would.
0: Alrighty. Well, I'm hoping that you can find one on eBay pretty quickly once it actually goes on sale, Jerry. But that was all of basically everything that was announced at the Amazon event. So let's move on to the Pixel 6, which we are still waiting and waiting to hear when we're going to be able to see it and buy it. But And we are, we are no closer to knowing that now than we were a week ago. But we know that we have... We know the prices that the Pixel Six is going to have when it launches in Canada and a couple of European countries, which is great because then that can help us kind of infer where it's going to, uh, what the prices are going to be in America.
1: Well, we don't know. We're we're the, the leaks That's what and stuff. That's why I said infer. Yeah, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. We're we're pretty sure based on what we've seen. So I don't know. It they're not going to get Galaxy S money out of a Pixel. I still think the prices are a little too high but at least they're it's not, you know, 2000 bucks.
3: It it feels to me at least based on these prices if they pan out that it's uh, a better value than the Pixel 4 was when I bought the stupid thing. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Which is, well, you know. Let's,
0: let's say what those prices are before we start nit- picking them or figuring yes, out if they're going to be too low <laughs> or too high. So, the Pixel 6 we think in America it's going to cost between 750 and $800. And for the Pixel 6 Pro, we think it's going to be either $1100 or $1200. Which is a lot for a Pixel phone, but I'm willing to bet there's going to be plenty of enthusiasts out there who want who will be willing to pay that at in order to get the first true flagship Pixel.
1: Yeah, I I would recommend to everybody listening wait for the reviews.
0: Yes. And I very much want to get my hands on one so I can figure (laughs) out whether or not it's worth spending my own money once the review unit has to go
2: Speaking of prices, what do you guys think about, we had a news post the other day and it was circulating around about how in certain markets they're already offering discounts, I guess, for pre-orders or?
3: Yeah, they've got, I guess in Australia, they have uh, 70 bucks off the Pixel 6 if you buy something on the uh, Google store. So they basically yep. give you a, a discount code and then you drop it in there, I guess, whenever the pre-order is available and you save a bunch Do of money. Do you think
2: that'll translate into some of the discounts that we've been seeing for, you know, that Samsung throws down in advance of new Galaxy phones or that Apple did with the 13 series?
1: I would hope so. I, I mean, yeah, it, I think Google's trying. Okay. This is, you know, this is their first attempt you know, everybody knows that when Samsung releases a new phone, you wait a week and somebody somewhere will have either an amazing trade in deal or it'll be on sale. You know, if you preorder it, you're going to pay full price, but it doesn't take long before somebody somewhere to do something to entice you to buy one by saving you a lot of money. And I think Google really wants to try to figure out how to do that.
0: Especially considering that the Pixel 6, it's already the beginning of October and this phone isn't out. So this phone is going to be launching within six to eight weeks of Black Friday. Oh, yeah. So that means that whatever price it gets at launch, we're probably going to get some kind of bundle deal or discount on Black Friday, Cyber Monday. Because God forbid that Google not take part in Black Friday or Cyber Monday.
1: To be Amazon robots delivering pixels to your house.
0: I do want to see the drones deliver something once.
1: I don't know. That's going to take a lot to get
3: Amazon to sell any of Google's products.
0: <laughs> they already yeah, sell they have their The, phones, the they, have been
1: on there. Amazon loves the phones because yeah, I,
0: people a buy few,
3: those cheap ones. Every now and then it's like, you know, I'll go to look for something on there and it's like, why, why don't they have... You know, I'll just say Nest Hub, okay. Just I don't even know if it is on there or not. But there's things like that where you're like, they they should have this. It's on yeah, the Google like- store, it's on other stores.
0: Well, they don't sell a Chromecast with Google TV on Amazon. Right. That's what I mean. Which like is a there's bummer.
3: some weird exemptions. And it's like, uh, well, because we have a competing product, we're not gonna sell yours.
0: Alrighty. So we had a couple of other little itty-bitty leaks surrounding the Pixel Six, um, relating to Camera, so we're uh, apparently the Pixel Six and Six Pro are going to be able to do that magical erase feature that iPhones have been able to do for a while. Where if it's like you're taking a photo through a fence, you can erase the fence. If you're taking a photo in a crowded place, you can kind of erase some of the other people. I'm super looking forward to this, and I want to see how well it works at Disney so I can take all of the tourists out of my photos. But I'm not super. I'm not super invested because I'm, I'm trying to keep pre- expectations low because this can't be as magical as it looks.
1: I think it's going to work pretty good. These are the kind of things I expect the Pixel 6 to be really good at because it's Google. That's, you know... This is what they do. They, they yeah. think that that's a Im- very important, super cool thing that has to be done and done well. You know, they may not care about other things that we care about, like you know, the speaker or the microphone or the screen or all the other problems pixels have had throughout the years. But this is the type of feature that, you know, I guarantee there are, you know, engineers working way too many hours to make sure this is the best it can be when it, it launches.
3: Yeah, it's it's a way for them to make this unique in a way that other phones can't. I mean, it, it even goes with, with the way they do processing for photos in general, right? Yep, yep. A lot of phones have finally caught up to them in in terms of post-processing stuff, uh, AI processing stuff, things like that. But it's, I mean, I would still venture to say they are the best at it, even if their hardware is way behind.
1: Yeah, but the the problem is Apple and Samsung are getting better at it and using much better hardware. That's why Google had to do something.
3: Well, of course. I mean, we can go into that whenever this thing finally gets announced. Mm -hmm, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And we will, I, I, you know, trust us. We're, we're going to try to break this phone because it's just, it's different in the Android world. It's one of a kind and that might not be a good thing and we're going to find out. So as tempting as it might be to jump on it is when, you know, Google's announcing it and telling you all this amazing stuff, I still advise everybody to hold off, wait for the reviews.
0: Unless there's a pre-order bonus or cash back or whatever, yeah, I wait for the reviews. Because once you get the phone, it's probably going to be hard. uh, It becomes more of an ordeal to send it back if you don't like it or if it's not up to your standards.
1: Yeah, I've had good luck with Google replacing broken products or returning with them. But I know a lot of people have not. So this is, I mean, you know. Everybody thinks the Pixel is a beta product. I, I I'm going to have to say that this is definitely going to be a beta product for a few months at least.
0: Maybe I'm I'm hoping that they've got I'm hoping they have their crap together a little bit more this time around because they keep they're they're going very hard with this marketing campaign and this is going to be the most drastic <laughs> Pixel change we've seen since the Pixel line was announced. So I'm very much hoping that we have things lined up, ready to go beta tested to infinity and beyond. So I'm, I'm hoping that Google will actually give us a polished product instead of something that has some major software bug or an Achilles heel in the hardware. Oh,
1: there's going to be some sort of spectacular failure with this phone. I guarantee it. But
0: I love Let I love your dream, enthusiasm, Jerry.
1: I, But it's 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 also going to be something that Google will find a way to fix. They have a lot yeah. more control here, which is what they've always wanted.
0: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have all a right. lot more hope so, for
1: this. That's, that's all I yeah. have to say.
0: Okay, so we're getting close to running out of time. So two last things I want to cover real quick. The first of them being that YouTube is banning basically all anti-vaccine content on its platform. So any uh, the exceptions are going to be, you can still post videos showing how vaccines have worked or failed in the past, including anecdotes from people who have gotten vaccines and may have had side effects. So you're still going to be able to do some debate, but you can't post anything that is consistently and purposefully trying to get people to not get vaccines.
1: Right. You can't grab a Facebook meme and talk over it for 30 seconds. You know, it's, I, I, you know, I, I don't like censorship and I don't like calling this censorship. This is YouTube's platform. They're allowed to do whatever they want. But I also understand that this information can be harmful if, you know, there's not any type of management over it. I, I like Google's allowing, if you have a first-hand account, you can get on there and you can say the the C nineteen vaccine you know killed my dog if if that's what happened to you, but you're not allowed to just repeat crap you've heard on Parler or Facebook or something, which is probably the right way to do it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm really hoping that this can expand to other content that is purposely and misleadingly false. So that's, I'm excited for it. And hopefully, it's the start of them cracking down on other content. Like, there's a lot of YouTube, co- a lot of YouTube content out there that is specifically driving hatred towards certain people, certain yep. groups. I'd love to see YouTube crack down a little bit more on that because the last thing anybody on YouTube needs is more toxic hate.
1: Well, I, I know Google makes enough profit off of YouTube, and I'm not going to say money because maybe data is more important to to Google. That something like this, this should not be algorithm driven. It will be, but this should be something that human beings look at.
0: I wish that we could have more human monitoring and censorship and review on YouTube. But at the same time, I also know that being a content moderator on any of these platforms is probably yeah. one of the worst jobs in technology. Because you are just exposed to 10 or 12 different kinds of absolutely obscene horrors every single day so if anybody is out there doing those jobs i thank you for your service i hope that you are taking care of your mental health and thank you for everything you do but i also accept that we need humans to help train the algorithm and we need humans to make to spot check to make sure the algorithm is working but algorithms exist so we, we can at least get some of the more blatant excuses for this content taken away yeah
1: if if uh, personally i i don't think that the the COVID 19 vaccine is harmful I, I i'm vaccinated uh you know everybody can feel however they want to feel but in this particular case I, I just worry what what if there is an actual legitimate side effect that youtube just censors away to oblivion because of an algorithm i i, I hope if your video gets reported that it's very easy to get a human being to intervene right and that's that's where
3: it needs to happen because that has not been a thing in the past very much where you it know takes, even if yeah. you yeah well even if you do appeal and i've had this happen not with a situation like this but with something else on youtube that i uploaded that got flagged and it was illegitimate and i appealed it and they refused they still put a mark on the account saying that you know you got a flagged video it, you know if you get 3 of these your account gets banned whatever and in the past, they have been really bad about uh the appeals. And that is something that they they really need to step up before they do any more of this kind of stuff, if you ask me.
1: Yeah, and I get it. They they've said just how swamp they get that there's, you know, not enough time in, in the day to look at all the appeals. Hire more
3: people. You got right, enough money. Exactly. I, I really don't feel <laughs> bad for them at all. If you're gonna host this platform, it is your responsibility to treat it correctly. That includes taking down crap and that includes hiring people to monitor stuff that is incorrectly flagged. I just, <laughs> there's nothing else to say about it. In, in an yeah. ideal
1: world, the algorithm would take everything away that is questionable and a human being would be there to investigate it if you report, you know, if you contact YouTube and say, hey, my video shouldn't have been taken down. Right. A human being should be able to look at it that day.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm hoping that YouTube can step up their moderation policies. I also know that getting more people to do that line of work is very difficult and I I I can't blame them for people not wanting to look at that kind yeah. of a content.
1: But you know, I if you look like at at TikTok there are some very very horrible things on TikTok. I I I saw one where a, a guy was taking upskirt photos with his phone and his friend was videoing him doing it on tiktok that's that's horrible that that's that's illegal that dude should be taken behind the woodshed and beat by somebody's granddad uh you can't have that kind of stuff so i get why youtube is heavy handed it's just the you know the the intervention process when they mess up is just really bad yep
0: Yeah, I will say that, like, they had policies that were trying to, uh, that are trying to stop hate speech against LGBTQ communities, and they ended up taking down and marking a whole bunch of accounts for talking positively about LGBTQ communities, because they still got flagged for the same words, the same triggers. Because they were talking about how to, like, how how to avoid that and how to counter it.
1: It's right. and, and those, I'll bet a lot of those videos will never come back because, you know, the the human factor just isn't good enough. And al- yeah. our algorithm heard the right words, saw the right pictures, and just removed the video.
0: Yeah. I already, well, getting away from that dark cloud of content moderation for a moment. Uh, some good news out of Instagram for once they are pausing and probably not rolling out Instagram Kids anytime soon, which. Thank goodness for that, especially after what we learned in the Facebook files leak a couple of weeks ago. Um, Because among the files from uh, among the Facebook files was data that showed that you uh, that uh, Facebook and Instagram knew that teenagers were more depressed after using their app. Because they kept seeing all these images of ultimate perfection and nothing in reality could uh, compete with that. So I'm I'm very happy that there's going to be less kids being exposed to Instagram, because Instagram is one of those platforms that you need to definitely be able to recognize, okay, everything on here is in some shape or form fake. So if you take it at face value, you're just going to depress yourself thinking you're inferior to everybody else that's here.
2: I agree this is a good thing, but that just speaks to the the larger issue of media literacy not being taught enough um which i think needs to be addressed just in general but yeah this is a good thing.
0: Oh i think that to replace coppa it should be you need to get a license or a permit before you can use the internet without a parent's Whoa. supervision.
2: Oh oh, <laughs> That that w- <laughs>
0: no, no no and you have to pass you have to pass three courses you can take them as early as you want and get like some form of a content restriction and then at 13 you don't need a permit anymore. You're over 13. You can just use the internet. That, that's erawagner f- at
1: futurenet.com.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hit me on Twitter. I posted this on Twitter whenever if, uh, whenever they first came out with the Facebook files. But you would need three courses. One that's media literacy and social netiquette. One that is recognizing, uh, which is critical thinking and recognizing things that are misinformed or misleading. And the third is digital protection. So how to prevent yourself from getting fished, how to present uh, prevent yourself from getting your data stolen and exposed. Can we
2: make these courses retroactive and required for adults and also for voting?
0: <laughs> I would Whoa, that's, that's I would <laughs> voter. That's I, I'm not gonna say I want that for voting because I do not want any more voting restrictions than we already have no, in this country. No, I want yeah, to, to, have to be clear some of the I, don't, voting I don't advocate that, no. No. Yeah. But yeah, I would love to see that proposed for anyone. Have those at the learning annex allow older people who maybe aren't using technology as much as their kids or their grandkids allow them to take courses like that so they can step up their game and not be so vulnerable online.
3: I just want to know what happened to the cultural thing of don't believe everything you see on TV. How did how did that not well, translate what I'm saying. to the it, internet? It went
2: away. It yeah.
0: There's a lack of critical thinking. Exactly. I
3: mean, obviously, but it's it's just amazing to see that. And I was going to say earlier, playing devil's advocate, how is Stuff like Instagram really any different from seeing beauty magazines at the grocery store?
2: It isn't. It's just more
0: widespread. I think you're also overestimating the number of young people who buy beauty magazines at the grocery store.
3: Well, I mean, today, yes, but you know, I we, that we know used it's on Nick's be, shopping list.
0: <laughs> if you see it on a tabloid rack next to all those things about oh. <laughs> Secret abortions or secret uh, secret love lives and all that stuff. If you see beauty magazines on the rack next to all that, you're like, okay.
3: Yeah, it's trash. This is
0: all trash. It's fake. Fake. Everything here is fake. I don't need to take any of it at face value. Yeah, I mean, Instagram just, just is browse presented Instagram as, with the
3: same mentality. You're good.
0: Yeah, Instagram is filtered and polished and upgraded to by the people who want to make their content look good. This is art. So a lot, while there are people who just take pictures, post, post them unfiltered, and say what they were doing. The majority of people who use Instagram are editing and amplifying their content in such a way to help them reach a wider audience. So people, and especially kids, need to be aware that anything you see on that platform is probably 20% better looking on the phone than it is in person, at least. Well, it's-
1: it's the, just the nature of the internet. I've been using the internet since it was text-based. Luckily, my job required internet access, and I thought, this is amazing. But it's always, since since the inception of, of public internet, there it, it has always been filled with lies and scams. It's no different today. Just the lies and scams are different.
3: Yeah. I mean, you think about the, the scam emails back in the day, right? Or the the punter bots in the chat rooms and all the other crap yeah, stuff to deal with. Right. You
1: know, yeah. The, the news groups that attach a file and tell you what it's supposed to be. And then you download it and it's something completely different. It's, yeah, it's it always wipes your heart. Been that drive way.
3: Blows your, yeah. Blows your monitor up.
1: <laughs> but, but now instead it's, it's people and companies with incentive to try to get you to buy products, to make yourself look or feel a way that these products will never make you look or feel. That's a scam. The same as the Nigerian prince that's going to give you $4 million. It's the same. They're scams.
0: Yep. And I I wish more people could recognize that. But I know that they can't, especially in younger audiences where they've grown up on social media. Social media is their reality, for lack of a better term, because that's where they spend most of their non-school time.
1: And, you know, maybe especially for children, it's. I feel like Jeremy said that, or, or Nick, one of you guys said that don't believe everything you see on TV. We've kind of moved away from that. Mm-hmm. We've, we've also moved away that, look, you're fine just the way you are, right? People love you. People like you. You're fine. It doesn't, you don't need to try to emulate someone else. And you know, it's, I don't want to say it's a self-esteem issue, but it's people, kid, kids don't remember that anymore that, Hey, you're fine. You're You're a kid. You're great.
0: I will say yes to that. That's it's hard to have self-esteem when you're surrounded by hyper-perfect examples of how you're supposed to look, how you're supposed to act, all that fun stuff. So I'm I'm very much hoping that there can be some sort of path to stamping out this need for perfection, because perfection is impossible in this and any other world. Uh and Presenting reality as it is how it's meant to be, because life is messy. social media is kind it should be the exact same form of messy too, or less because social media should not have the level of hate that it does. but alrighty, getting away from these dark clouds of social media, we're going to close out the show with what's making us happy and Jeremy, you go first.
2: Brittany's free.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you win I We're to lead off but, with well, that. We'll see y'all next
2: week <laughs> <laughs> peace out no uh
0: you laugh but that's actually really yeah good. It I'm is. Happy. i don't it want to is. spend too much time on her,
2: but yeah I, I did want to drop that in there uh on a more serious note though um as we're recording this morning um fairphone which is a company based out of the netherlands launched the fourth version of their phone, the Fairphone 4, which you know has better specs and more recycled materials and things like that. And this is a company that's all about promoting sustainability up and down the supply chain and workers' rights and, and all that kind of thing. Um, it's got a five-year warranty and guaranteed six years of updates. Uh, I only wish it was available in other parts of the world besides Europe. Um, but what I like about the company is that I think they're trying to attack the problem of e-waste and uh, sustainability and, and technology all up and down the, the chain. Um, and I'm really hopeful that the longer that they're around, the more impact they can have, particularly on the bigger players, because that's where this is going to happen. Um, I do say that with the caveat that, of course, the best way to to be sustainable is to use your current phone for as long as possible and then recycle it or um, responsibly or sell it afterwards um but yeah i was I was excited to see that new product launch
1: yeah i you know i i've decided that the next phone i buy with jerry's own money is going to be a fairphone awesome i I'm, I'm sure there are drawbacks to that phone it's you know it's it's not a galaxy s21 but it's Built to last, yeah, and that, exactly. that, that
0: to and it's me, that's built to be repaired, right?
2: To me, that's which important. is amazing. Yeah, the, the the Fairphone three and then the three plus subsequently, uh, I think we're the only phones ever to get a perfect score from iFixit.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I, I've I've taken apart an iPhone eleven and put it back together, and it's it's ridiculous. I don't know how small repair shops can even do it because I broke more parts taking it apart then we're broken to begin with and, and spent almost as much money as I I would have if I'd bought it new to get it working again. And not everybody repairs their phone. Heck, I don't even repair most of my phones. I might change a cracked screen, but this is, this is important. You, you buy a phone that you, you only expect to have for a year and we've we've accepted that, and this company's trying to break that mold, and I'm going to give them my money.
0: Alrighty, very noble of you both, uh, Jerry. What's making you happy?
1: Okay, everybody gets to laugh again. Pokemon unite!
0: Yes,
1: hey. you know I hate Pokemon. I'm I'm not gonna lie. The cartoons they drove me nuts. I was like, this is trash, and I got rid of it as soon as I can. But I love competitive online gaming, and I don't you know i don't care that they're cartoon characters from a a, a cartoon series that I, I didn't much care for it's fun to play and uh it is a lot of fun to play if if you're kind of good at it and i'm not trying to toot my own horn i'm i'm kind of good at it and it's just i've been laid up in bed and i grab my phone and i fire that thing up and go out there and murder some kids and and not even feel bad about it and just waste them and score all the points and laugh when it's over. And I'm having a blast. I know that's horrible, but it makes me happy. I, I love how Jerry has turned into Anakin overnight. Well, <laughs> oh, it's, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's, I, it, it, at first I, I would feel kind of bad. And, you know, especially you get, uh, uh, you you know, that these people aren't really good at the game and, and, and you, you're really just, wasting them and they won't submit and and you know just put up the white flag and quit but then after a couple days of that i'm like screw it i'm just gonna keep killing them on my way to their goal don't
3: ever don't ever feel bad about beating a kid in an online game because you know they have 45 hours a day more than you to play the game so yeah
1: yeah but i just the game i and I, i tried it on the Switch. And I'll be honest with you, it works better on a phone than it does on a Switch. I've heard that, too. And if you have a Switch... That doesn't surprise me. And you want to hate on me for it, go ahead. But also, do me the favor of putting it on your phone and seeing that I'm not wrong. Uh, it, it's just... It's a really, really fun game, and I didn't expect it to be.
0: Yeah, I need to give it a try, but I've got other commitments that I need to deal with in the meantime.
1: you need to do it quick so you can get those 25 or 35 wins or whatever and get Zorora before that goes away, because trust me, you want Zorora.
2: Every time I see somebody talking about that game, my brain misreads it as Pokemon Untie. (laughs) What's (laughs) going on?
3: (laughs) Untie. That's that's the escape room game.
0: Yes. Yes, I've
1: got a screenshot here. Of of a game that my team, it was, a, a, we scored 1,100 points, and the other team only scored 40. So I had to take a screenshot Jerry. of that. <laughs> well, why didn't they quit? That's so, I, I mean, if I was on their team, I would have hit that, you know, <laughs> surrender, surrender. Come on, guys, do it, do it. But they didn't quit. So good for them for not quitting, but better for me to have that screenshot so I can oh, laugh.
3: Better for you for epic winning.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> Yikes. Alrighty, Nick. uh, What do you got?
3: Alrighty. So I got my fossil Gen Six in yesterday, which um, is exciting because I haven't used an Android Wear Wear OS smartwatch in two years at least. I have four of them in a drawer, and they all suck. So it's nice to have the same software, right? that's right (laughs) it's it's a it's a little newer um there there are a few things in here that i did not see before Uh, it's still the same basic interface i'm used to so you're not far off the mark um the first i don't know 12 hours was pretty rough it was glitchy as heck laggy basically everything i expect from a wear os watch and uh So far today, it's been great to use. So I think maybe it just needed that good old cool down period that we used to have on old Android phones since, you know, this is an ancient Qualcomm chipset and that's how they like to roll.
0: I will say that Wear OS and most smartwatches, the first day isn't going to be great because it takes longer (laughs) for all, all your apps to get installed, everything to sync up. The first time you use voice typing and the first time you use anything, you have to enable all the permissions and grant and figure out, okay. do I want this to be able to use my location all the time or just while I'm specifically in the app? Yeah. So the first day is always going to be a little bit rough. And then the after you get past like three days to a week, smooth sailing or as smooth as it's ever going to be for you.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm giving this one a little bit of time before I review it just because I want to make sure I use it to its full extent. But yeah, I, like I said, so far today has been much better than yesterday, which is sort of what I expected going into it. Um, then the other thing I won't spend long on, I got my GameSir X2 controller for the Fold3, which basically turns it into a Switch OLED for emulation purposes. <laughs> so th- th- thank you, Andrew Myrick, for that recommendation. And uh, if you want to learn how to emulate things on your phone and find a great controller, pick one of those up and read his article.
0: Absolutely. Alrighty, well, my I'm going to close this out and mine's going to be very, very predictable. But tomorrow, we're recording this on the 30th of September. Tomorrow is the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World, the actual anniversary. And I'm going to get to see new fireworks and I am taking off work so that way I can take in the parks at my leisure and not be it just in a giant mob all day. But the 50th anniversary, I was very much hoping I was still gonna be in Florida when it kicked off because I was here 10 years ago during the 40th anniversary because it was on my college program I'm super excited that this milestone has come I'm I'm starting to hope that we're gonna get back to somewhat normal again at the parks because we've got new fireworks at two at the parks I'm hoping we get um uh, I know we're not getting Rivers of Light back, but I hope we get Fantasmic and the Star Wars fireworks at Hollywood Studios back. Um, And it's just going to be—it's going to be fun tomorrow, and it's going to be fun for the next year and a half, because God forbid your birthday only lasts for one day. Um, So I'm, I'm super excited for that. And if you have been planning on coming to Disney, please, for the love of God, do not come until January. October is going to be busy as heck because everybody's going to be enjoying the new rides and the new shows. November is going to be busy because of Thanksgiving. December is always busy because of Christmas and New Year's. So wait until the middle of January and then come. It'll still be a, it'll still be a good temperature. There won't be a, as high a crowd. And everything should still be open before they do their yearly refurbishments around February and March.
1: You say that this January will be one of those ones where it's 45 degrees and raining every day and in in Florida that's like the, the end of the world it's horrible.
0: Yeah. We get we do actually get cold temperatures sometimes. Yeah. I honestly kind of like those days cuz then that means <laughs> that there's an actual reason for me to buy hot yes. chocolate in the parks.
3: <laughs> yeah, we went we went to Legoland uh last year for my son's birthday in February right before COVID started and uh it was 50 degrees. Which was, at least for us, perfect, because that's basically what it was at home. And everybody in Florida hated it, so nobody was at the park, and there were no lines. (laughs) I loved it. (laughs) Yep. It was amazing.
0: Yep, we locals tend to stay home and just come out for, okay, I'm just going to go out for the fireworks, or oh, I'm just going to go out for the concerts at Epcot. Really hoping Disney on Broadway can make it back in January for the International Festival of the Arts. But, already, so that is my weekly nerd out, and and we are... Out for the week for the Android Central podcast. Let us know how you've liked us. If you if you think we're gonna get along okay now that Bader is gone, I'm I miss you, Bader. Please come back, please. But um I am Ara Wagner, I am Ara Wagco on Twitter. Jerry Hildebrand, you are GB Hill, Nick, you are Guanatu, which dude, you're gonna have to spell that one of these days because it's just such a weird Twitter handle. And Jeremy, I need you to say yours because yours is a little weird too. Yeah, it's
2: very weird. It's my first name J E R A M Y U T G W.
0: What does that stand for?
2: University of Texas, George Washington. Yeah. Those are my my two uh, degrees. Well, there you go.
1: All righty. Cool. What, you went to GW University? Yes, sir. Here in DC? Mm hmm. You didn't come visit me <laughs> 20 years
2: ago. <laughs> I was going to say.
0: All righty. Well, we are out for the week. I hope y'all enjoy your weekends or your early weeks whenever you get to hear this podcast. And we will be back next week, hopefully with more fun stuff to talk about the way that we had this week with the Amazon event. So we will see y'all later. Bye. Adios.
3: See ya.